if you think athletic training is funny, you have definitely found the right podcast. crazy about that beginning i didn't laugh at all so it definitely wasn't funny <laughs> maybe you have found the wrong podcast no i th- i think we're okay i don't know i don't feel funny at all tonight do you feel funny i feel special <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we have some special special followers to our podcast we have the best followers i, I mean they came out in droves apparently because yeah, let's, thanks let's, to let's, you people, we have officially been nominated in the science and medicine category. You've done it. You've done it. Oh. You guys made it happen. We owe it all to you. The People's Choice Podcast Awards. My voice just cracked. Uh, puberty <laughs> over here. <laughs> uh, yeah, the People's Choice Podcast Awards uh, came out with their final slate, they call it, the top 10 yeah. in each category. And we have been included in that in the science and medicine category, as Kevin had mentioned. Um, so as you hear this recording, um, the finals will be going on. And yep. we'll yep, find yep, yep. out sometime in September, shall we win the award? We're going to win it. I don't care who else is in this division. We're going to win it because we got the candid idiots on our side. Candalorians. We have the, the candidies. Candidies. We have the what's what was the Bruce Willis one? The diehards. The diehards. And you're right. We haven't mentioned Bruce Willis in a long time. Bruce is But that's because he's not returning any of our phone calls. Yeah. My personal friend Aaron Rodgers hasn't been returning my phone calls either. <laughs> But I think he was busy breaking up with his girlfriend. Seriously, if there was, if there was a celebrity that would, who's the celebrity that would be most likely to jump on this show? The Rock. You, I don't think so. No, I don't think The Rock's jumping on this show. Hmm. He should because he just I'll signed a professional a league and he's going to need some athletic trainers to work for him. Yeah, we actually know an athletic trainer that was working in the XFL, yep. right? Yes, we do. God, you know I we. Well, we used to know two. Yep. But sorry, but, XFL. But so, now you got you got okay. a really cool owner. Not that you didn't have a cool owner before, but now you got like a celebrity owner. I do want to. Th- I who's the who's the celebrity most likely to jump on? We're gonna put that up on social media. Um, Celeb yeah. most likely to come on our show. Our show. Most Gosh. likely, or just like to like athletic training in general. Maybe it's Shaq. Shaq. He, Shaq I mean, is Shaq's all about. The athletic training, he... And you know what? He is a celebrity. I, yeah. I don't think of athletes as celebrities. And so... But he is. So, he's, but he's, he's 100% What do you celebrity. mean? Kazam? We can't get Kazam? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I mean, he is such a personality. Yep. I, have, I have been very fortunate. I've met that guy a couple times in my life. Shaquille? And holy crap. Yeah, I, I met him once or twice. He is... He's... Everything is advertised. Like, what you see... On TV, that's what he's like in person, too. Big guy. He's a big, just fun human being. Well, this is uh, this is great. Thank you for joining us here on the Candid Athletic Training Podcast. I don't even know if we, we said it know. at the beginning, at the top of the show, but my name's Chad. 
I'm sure everybody's already turned everything off. I'm Kevin. Yep. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. You just, li- just tune in for the first minute of the <laughs> intro and see where... That's fine. What kind yeah. of energy we're bringing totally. tonight. Energy! Holy cow. Um, what else do we have? We don't have a ton. Not a lot. Intro. Not, not we got hats. intro. We, oh, gosh. The guys, hats we got are hats. in. They're, not, they're sharp. They're, they're better than the hats that you and I... People have seen us on social media with hats. I'm not going to lie. The hats that we just got that are available... They're better than the ones that Kevin and I have been sporting for a year. It's true. They're way better. And I can't believe it took this long to get hats. But we got them. It's our fault. <laughs> That's all right. But we got them, and now you can get them, right? Yeah, they're available so let to us you. Know. Uh, the, first, the first run of hats, honestly, we have so few of them. And so the first people that direct message us on social media, you're going to get them. Email and, us or yeah, hit us yep. up on social media. We'll get it to you. We'll let you know if we run out and right be, away. And, um, the and then thing, we're going to order more. Yeah, because we know that this is such a quality product. We'll yeah. get more. So We found a local company that is absolutely rocking it for us. So. Yep. Uh, congratulations to Kathy Derringer. Oh, my gosh. On becoming the next... National Athletic Training Association president. President-elect. Seems like we had a very good turnout, not only for People's Choice podcast nominations, but also a very good turnout in voting for our next president of our organization. Yeah, uh, I know Katie and Kathy both had a lot of supporters, and it kudos to everybody to for going out and voting and, and doing your job, and congratulations to Kathy. I'll tell you what, I'm actually... I'm I'm excited to see what Kathy is going to do. Yeah. Um it's been I I don't want I don't want to belittle anything that Tory has done in his reign as the uh president of the NATA, but I was kind of I didn't really pay attention and I think this podcast and honestly being able to meet Kathy and Katie over um over the Sports Medicine Broadcast podcast. Wow, that was really hard to say. Um, <laughs> it really, it got me really interested in how the president of our NATA can bring our profession forward. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm more involved, and so it, it's cool. I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it just goes to show... The, you and I, where we've come in our careers, where we want yeah. we want to help advocate. Yeah, and we feel like um, because of you all, uh, maybe Y'all. we are closer to to helping than we've ever been. Yeah, maybe. And hopefully, we all do it together. Well, so let's do it. Let's wrap up two polls that we had on from last week's show. Last week we had a, a for the athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have some athletes that um, like listening to podcasts and they want a little insight into our world, working with them, have them go back and listen to last week's show, episode number 78. Uh, we talked about the Gatorade cooler. Yeah. The Gatorade cooler came Who up. Who stole a Gatorade the sports cooler? Me- I should say <laughs> the sports drink cooler. It doesn't have to be Gatorade. Ah, true. Very true. Have you ever had an athlete ask to take it home? Was the question we put up on social media, Canada underscore ATC? Yes, I'm. 59% of you said yes. An athlete has mm. asked to take 
a cooler home with them. Not even surprised. You know what? I'm actually surprised that that number is not greater. That's a that is lower true. than I thought it would be. That I thought it would be true. like 75 to 80%. Yeah, me too. But that's okay. Maybe um, high schoolers just don't have the um, fortitude Maybe. to ask. Yeah. I think it's probably higher in the collegiate and professional settings. Yeah, probably. Also. And ice. We need, <laughs> we need coolers and ice. ice. What are you going to use it for? I don't want to tell you. Yep. Uh, we did an FMK last week uh, about bodily functions. Bodily functions. Farting, burping, s- coughing, sneezing. I forget which one it was. So then that led to the discussion. What would be worse? You farting in front of an athlete or an athlete farting in front of you? We put that up on the social media. And 60% of you said it would be worse if the athlete farted in front of you. Rather than it being worse if you farted in front of the athlete. Interesting. So you're less in, you're less likely to be embarrassed and probably more pissed off at your athlete. Yeah. For letting it go. I think it might just say a lot about maybe athletic trainers don't think their farts stink. Maybe. Walking around like your farts don't stink. Your farts stink. I promise you. <laughs> don't tell me your farts don't stink because they stink. They all stink. They so. all stink. <sighs> so that was last week's show. I don't. I don't know. I don't have anything else for an intro. Nah. We have a fun show outlined for you today. Um, I I kind of want to just get into it. Okay. All right. Do it. Give yep. me a Chad. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's, you know what? Let's just let the shenanigans start. Oop, right oop. now, fictional athletic trainer debate. Okay. We got a wild one for you all. Oh, gosh. This is going to be very controversial. Yeah, it is. Who would make the better athletic trainer yep. between crunchy and creamy peanut butter? Oh. <sighs> First everyone's, off, everyone's just letting it sink first in. First off, creamy. <laughs> are you like? Tell me, are you a creamy or crunchy peanut butter guy? To eat? Yeah, to eat. To eat, I'm a creamy guy. Okay, good. We don't. I don't have to kick you off this podcast now. Yeah, but we. That doesn't mean it's going to make the better athletic trainer because I prefer to digest it. I mean, but still, I don't. I don't. I mean. Oh. Okay, so first about, off, yeah. the, the versatility of creamy peanut butter, right? I can spread it on toast. I can spread it on a sandwich. I can put it in a smoothie. I could, um, I don't know, I'm running out of, I'm running out of things. Um, I can use it while I'm cooking. So you feel it has more versatility than crunchy? Yes. Most I, crunchy peanut butters do not spread well on bread. I will agree with that. That's yeah, it's abrasive. Yes, it's very abrasive. And if you're an abrasive athletic trainer, I kind of like you, but <laughs> it's not necessarily a better athletic trainer. You get I think it depends on your bread. Ooh, good call. Soft, if you have if you have like white. that Ooh. really cheap white bread, like the mm. you know 79 cents a loaf white bread. Yep. 
you're not going to do well with crunchy peanut you're butter. Not. But if you have a, a quality bread, you can probably Thick, get away with dense, a crunchy. Whole Similar wheat. to as if if you have a certain type of athlete, you can get away <laughs> with a little attitude as an athletic <laughs> trainer. Okay. All right. What so about, what so about the st- crunchy peanut butter is very it there's a specific sport yep. or I don't know what that athlete. is. Yeah. How Cre- about the I, mm. I feel like I just feel like crunchy has a little bit of substance to it, sustenance. <sighs> you know, it because it feels like a little bit more natural because it's just a little bit less processed. Is it a little healthier or maybe a little bit more? That's actually a good question. I don't know. Is crunchy peanut butter less processed or is there peanuts added to creamy peanut butter to make it crunchy peanut butter? I want to know that. That is weird. I never thought about that. Do you start with the, do you start with the creamy and add? No, you can't. You have, I think it just, I would just assume that the creamy peanut butter is just Do you know how to make peanut butter? No. So, (laughs) okay, I'm gonna give you a jar of peanuts. Make me some peanut butter. All right, stop. Stop halfway through, and then all of a sudden you have crunchy peanut butter. I think so. I would. I don't know, man. Nope. I I think they make. I think they make creamy peanut butter, and then then they add in more broken up peanuts to make it crunchy. I don't know. I would just assume like if you're using therefore it's unnatural. If you're put if you're using a food processor, don't you just brought like a few more times around the blade and it becomes creamy i don't think so okay i'm not sure and i'm okay so back to whether or not it'd be a good athletic trainer holy cow um i don't know so do you one thing i so my significant other does like crunchy peanut butter more than creamy peanut butter do you so you have to carry both in your household? No, we don't have to. But you do. But every once in a while we do. I will say I've kicked her out of my house a couple times just for that fact. <laughs> my wife, my wife ordered about seventeen jars of peanut butter I, on, on Amazon once on accident, and, and so we're still awesome. sitting on. How many are we still sitting on, babe? All I know is <laughs> I I steal one every once in a while and you guys don't even realize That's it. fine. That's fine. We still have I think we if I look in the yeah, I think it's we have really eight good left. peanut butter. That's all that Mighty all, maple. And it's all creamy. Oh, right? It is all creamy. But it's got it's little chunks No, we of actually maple have some it. crunchy ones in there. Oh, that's fine. I know I'm not going to steal those ones. Yeah. Okay, back to whether or not I'd be a good athletic trainer though. Yeah. So, here's when I have used crunchy peanut butter and I have been forced to use crunchy peanut butter in the past because it was the only thing left, and I really wanted a peanut butter like toast or peanut butter sandwich. I do feel like I use less of the actual peanut butter. Oh. When See? I use creamy, I'm like, oh, kick that on. Like, just keep going. I do. Back to your kind of like. There's more substance to it, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like I don't have to use as much. So I'm wondering if crunchy peanut butter could maybe be more efficient as an athletic trainer. Could be. Maybe get more more of the job done you in a could, sh- shorter amount of time. You could look at it this way, though. Creamy, oh. you c- because it's smoother, it's so more smooth. spreadable, you're going to get better coverage oh. on your bread. And we always talk get about more coverage. coverage. 
A lot of well, athletic training coverage. Yeah, so I think, like... Hmm, interesting. That's you, a good point. And you could... I don't know. And then there's always bumps in the road with the crunchy. But if you're used to it, yeah, that that's that's a, that's a point for crunchy. It is. I mean, it's... it. Well, I don't know. It could be a point for creamy and the fact that everything just gets smoothed out, man. Everything's fine. Everything's just smooth. Don't worry about the bumps in the road because I don't got any. I think I just handle everything. I think if you have creamy peanut butter, you don't have you just don't have to worry about biting into the wrong. You're just temperament wise. I think it puts you a little bit more at ease. It's even. It's just you just know it's it's consistent. Well It's going to be okay. You're not gonna get a little nut stuck in between, maybe like in your your tooth or something. <laughs> I hope not. I don't know, but you know, you just there's there's less surprises with creamy peanut butter. I feel like that that is true. Do you okay? Do you think do you think we could have the same argument for natural and I guess unnatural peanut butter? No, I. You know what? Here here's a. I don't know if this is a hot take or not. Hot Sometimes take. I feel like organic, natural peanut butter sucks because yeah. it's just going to get separated. And you gotta work at like mixing it and spreading it, and then like you, I think it's just a less consistent product. So, you know what I find funny is like, I it maybe it was like fifteen years ago. I think is when like natural, like quote unquote natural peanut butter became like mm-hmm. very popular, and it was very separated, right? The oil would separate, and then you gotta yep. stir it, and you gotta stir yeah. it, and then like the bigger companies started coming out with no stir natural peanut butter. Like I don't, I don't really understand how, okay. So if the natural peanut butter separates, how have you figured out this magic cure of it doesn't separate other than processing it enough to make it not natural? I don't know. Whatever. All I know is if it is peanut butter, I like it. And if it's crunchy, I don't prefer it. Okay, so what's your answer on what would make a better creamy. athletic trainer? I, I'm going to agree with you. I think creamy is going to make a little bit better. You sold me on the coverage side. The coverage. Yeah, actually. The consistent. Yep. I think, to me, it's just a safer, all-around product. I was trying. I was literally, when I thought of the idea that, you know what? There's kind of like, there's more to a crunchy one. And like I, I use less and the I'm more efficient and, yeah. and it's more sub like I, all of a sudden I was like, Oh my God, am I going to pick crunchy? Yeah. You, but then you said coverage and I was like, Nope. Okay. All creamy. Right. Well, we're going to figure out what you, the people think here. We'll put that up on social media. You get to decide crunchy or creamy peanut butter. What's going to make a better athletic trainer. Not what in. you like to eat more. Yeah. This just in. That's, Everybody that's just listen to us talk about creamy versus crunchy for 10 If minutes. you're a crunchy person, don't <laughs> at me. Do, do not. Do not at us. Unfollow. <sighs> <Weirdo. laughs> no, don't unfollow. <laughs> don't unfollow. Just keep your peanut butter takes to yourself. Yeah. All right. Seriously. Let's move on. Okay. What do you, you want to what do you want to go to? Um Okay, let's let's do our friend or foe. Okay. Whoa. That's that's whoa, friend whoa, or foe here. Field. Okay. We're going to, as an athletic trainer, is a break, some sort of break, 
before or after your practice and like maybe you have a conditioning session, a lift, strength conditioning, whatever, where your athlete has to come back and do some more. Having that break, not necessarily a two-a-day because when you have a straight two-a-day, you, you know as an athletic trainer you're in for a long day. But like on a single practice day, the athletes practice, then they have a break, then they might have lift or condition or whatever it might be. Is that a friend or a foe to you? Um, this one's hard for you. This is really hard this for is, me. This is a slam dunk easy one for me, which really? is the first one. Oh, I'm God. kind of excited. I can see you're processing right now. So here's my – this is what I'm thinking of. Okay. Um, spring training. Yep. Like super early morning. Working, 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 working. And then all of a sudden, like, okay, we have an away game, and there's a 30-minute bus ride Mm -hmm. in my future where I can just sit there. I could sip on, whether it's a cup of coffee, a bottle of water, maybe have a little snack, or I could just close my eyes and not do anything and then go cover a game for the next three and a half hours. Oh man, because there was—I mean, there was some days where it was just like, oh, I love this bus ride because I just get to like zone out for like thirty minutes. But then there were other times it's like, oh my god, like, why do we like? Oh, I wish it was a home game so I didn't have to like. We just keep going and I could just get home earlier. Oh man, this one's really tough for me. <laughs> I see it. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say faux. Because more often than not, I think myself, you're probably included in this, and most athletic trainers are included in this, power through and just keep going. If I could, like, just keep going and my day, if my day's shorter, I'd rather work harder in a shorter amount of period, shorter period of time than less in a longer period of time, I guess. Or even get a break. F it. It took you a long time to get to that. It did. And I thought that was a pretty much just a given for me. I, Which is fine. Man. It's fine. You can interpret this. But Everybody's going to interpret this differently, which is why we do it. This goes back to taking a nap during work. Taking a nap during work. And okay, can you fall so asleep in five minutes or not? I, as I get along in my years... As an athletic trainer, and we're going to talk about that a little bit in our feature topic tonight. Um, it, I've, I missed the days where conditioning came just at the the very end of practice. You yeah. do your skill work, and then it's like, okay, now we're going to condition because we just practiced, and then whatever happened to that? That's not even a thing anymore. I feel like, like now it's like, oh, now we're going to go have a two hour break, and then you're going to come back. And then do a, you know, conditioning on whatever, separate, a lift or whatever. You're going to do it. You're going to do one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Why? Really? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Because one, now we have to, now we've gotten into this habit of, now we have to do two pre-treatments, two coverages, two post-treatments. 
Well, that's because your time doesn't matter. So who cares what you think? But then yeah, that's a two, foe. I I will I'll ask you from the standpoint of I've I haven't worked collegiate athletics mm-hmm. since I was a student. I mean, is it literally just because they're students and they have to go to class? Uh, or or do you think even at a smaller Division One school like, that you're at, do you think you could get practice and conditioning done in the morning or in the afternoon in your sport? Now, granted, one of your sports is just conditioning, meaning track <laughs> and field and or cross country. Yep. But... No, not even now. Now they, they have a special, I mean, it's only once a week where they come back in the afternoon and they'll do a second training or they'll just do a lift. Sure. Well, and that makes sense. And I, I think that's feel, a fair thing. I, I mean. think as we go along, no, that's just what cal- college athletics is right now. And I think it's actually counterproductive. Do you think the men's basketball team at Duke like, has morning practice and then afternoon lift? Yes. Yeah? I think they do. I don't know I that like for sure. That. So if you are a listener and you are at a Power 5 conference, school, in any sport, let us know. Is it is it is there a break in your day? Yeah. I think there probably is. I'm just guessing. Because it's always more 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 more. It's never hey, you know what? We've forgotten about how important rest and recovery is in this whole thing. So now we're going to do two sessions today because now, oh, we need to be fresh for strength, conditioning, and lifting. Well, you know what? Now you've just taken away how much recovery time you have for the, the next day. So for me, this is a huge foe, a huge foe. One, because huge. now i got to do huge. twice the work. And two, yeah. I think it's less productive for the athlete I also to I a think certain extent. Then there's also that standpoint of like, if you have your athletes on this really good routine of this is how you get your body prepared to do activity, now they're preparing to do activity, they do activity, then they, you know, wind down, whichever, and then they have to do it all over again mm-hmm. versus just yeah, that, that's having what I'm a, saying. Have a, have a hot body be a hot body and then do your practice and then work out, conditioning, whatever, and then you know, cool down, quote unquote. We're just trying to slam so much into all these athletes that it just is, it's just breaking them down more because there's no downtime. There's, it's like 12 months a year, you know, 10 months a year minimum for some of them. It's 12 months a year. It's two times a day, one practice, one lip, whatever. It's just, um, I, we've gone too far. And I, I would actually argue so I was trying to argue against you. That's okay. With the collegiate setting and that yep. like, hey, I mean, these kids, they need to go to class. They do. Right? But I would, I would actually argue maybe against the idea that you could probably be more efficient and get it all done in one big session, and then they would have a better schedule going forward because it would it wouldn't be like, Oh, I have practice from 7 a.m. till 9 a.m., and then I also have to be back for conditioning from 2 to 4. Like, that's trying to cram all these classes in this short window instead of being, you know what? I'm just going to, everything in the morning is focused on my sport, mm-hmm. but everything in the 
late morning and then like early afternoon and maybe even into the evening is focused on my schoolwork. Yep. Maybe we are. We're actually hurting our student athletes by maybe trying to give them more time to go to classes. Uh, maybe maybe that's a better way to look at it. I don't know. It is. It's just uh, it's way out of control. Yeah, so man. I'm uh, for me okay, this is so this foe. is a huge foe. Big huge foe. Foe uh, out of here. Get so the foe out of here. That's where I'm at. Uh if you guys can convince me otherwise, I would love to hear why having that break uh is a friend. I would I would like to hear and I will respect and try and take it into consideration, but I think it's going to be tough to change my mind. But that's yeah. okay. Yeah. And my so my break was like just like thirty minutes. You're you're talking about a big break. Yeah. That's all right. And you know what's gonna happen. You it's take that away and if you yeah. if you do it all in one, like I'm suggesting, then you know what the coaches are gonna do. They're gonna say, Oh well in the afternoon we're gonna do film session or we're gonna do something else. Yeah. It's it's yeah. if it's not it's just always more, 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 more. That's the way it is in college athletics. Or how about this? If you're asking me to stay all day, then why don't we do the practice and the conditioning in the morning and then cut and then just have some dedicated time in the afternoon for treatment, like Correct. treatment only treatment time. Imagine that or Taking care of your body is or maybe just too? like some movement skills or whatever yeah. it might be that like, oh, my gosh. Well, that's still slash will break down our hourly pay and then we'll let you know. Yeah. Anyways, if <laughs> I, I could rant on that all night. Yeah, you could. So. Um, I'll let you pick. You want to do top five or you want to do FMK? Let's go top five. Okay. Speaking, speaking of those athletes. Speaking of the athletes, we asked a hundred of them. What's the most annoying injury? Oh, the most annoying injury yep. to an athlete. Yep. From oh the athlete's gosh. perspective. All right. I'm going to say a hamstring strain. Hmm. I'm going to say an ankle sprain. Okay. Both because I, I feel like they linger. They linger. Mm, that's an interesting word. Yeah. And then I'm going to say a headache. Oh. Hmm. Because it just it interrupts how you're going to be an athlete, but at the same time, it's not really like an injury, so you can't necessarily like not go to practice idea. Um this is speaking from, and I'm sure you can understand this, but the baseball world, like a contusion, right? Unbelievable how much getting hit by a baseball in your calf can stop you from doing a lot of things. Um, and then, last but not least, a hangnail. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Legitimate, like I don't know if any of those are gonna make the list, but whatever. no, you did, you did, you did fine, you did fine. So, we actually had this was an interesting one. Uh, some people went with very specific things, and some people just named body part. So, oh sure, for what it's worth, maybe they didn't know the specific mechanism or the what type. Anyways, um, we had four <laughs> a four way tie for third place. With seven answers apiece for a pulled hamstring, yeah, a knee injury, okay, hip injury, yeah, uh, a lot of hip flexor strain, like hip flexor, sure, sure, 
Uh, and then shin splints. Ah, the old shin splints. Okay. Those Which, are that very, very that's annoying. annoying. Yes. Yeah. I yeah, thought that totally. was a, a good one. That is a good one, actually. Um, in second place, with 11 athletes saying back spasms or yeah. low back pain is annoying. That's more annoying to me than it is to you. Yep. You get to stop. You get to, you get to not do anything. Uh, we yeah we gotta try and figure it out, <laughs> and then in first place with sixteen, uh, sixteen athletes said sprained ankle. Yeah, that was the number one answer. Uh, which I don't know is it really for us, for me, if that's a, if I had to choose an injury that I wanted an athlete to get to yeah. be honest, yep. I'm choosing a sprained ankle because I feel most comfortable on how to treat that. Like, sure. like I feel like oh. Ankle, no problem. I'll have you back in no time. Yeah. But from an athlete's perspective, that's if they feel like they linger. I don't know. It, it was interesting think, to me. I think most athletic trainers feel very comfortable treating and rehabbing an ankle sprain, right? Mm-hmm. Is that because we see those so often? Or is it just Probably. because, like, legitimately... I would put money on most athletic training programs, like student programs, you learn from the bottom up. So you learn, you, you start learning about feet and ankles. Oh, that's right? a good question. So is it just that we've, that was the first thing that we started learning about, and that's why we're, like, and we tape so many ankles and blah, 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 like, is it because it's the number one injury or is it because we've just, we learned it earlier? I mean, in our program, I, th- I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a great question. Is yeah. it, is it, um, it's very interesting to me. Yeah. That's a, you bring up a good question. Cause I'm going to tell you in baseball, do you see not a lot of ankle? Injuries. I was just going to ask that. Like I had a bad ankle year and I had three ankle sprains. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean. I, for me, it was mostly when I was working soccer, but yeah. yeah. Um, and, like, how many ankle sprains have you seen in track and field? A fair amount. Yeah? Some. Running I up mean, onto the pit? Actually, yeah. Pole vaulters running onto the pit? No, cross country, just ah, mis- sure, misstepping yeah. on. I mean, the cr- yeah, the cross country kids. Yeah. They stepping on a root, a root of a tree. So... I mean, as far as like, I think those are for sure those. The answers that they said are yeah. the most common. I don't know if they would I'd consider the most annoying back pain a little bit. Shin splints I would consider annoying. Okay, I will. I'll tell you what. If I was an athlete, back pain is super annoying. Okay, it yeah, really is. That's true. I've. I mean, yeah, I've been dealing with something. Yeah, you you've had back. I think most of us have had back pain, and it's it makes us realize how often we activate our back and the fact that everything that we do sucks. But in reality, like, Oh my gosh, it's because you're have a million other things that are wrong with you. And that's why your back is tight. It's the rest of your day. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. How about this? Two people said nagging injuries are the most annoying. Oh, go- oh yes. And so somebody did say, what was the word I said uh, that was interesting you said before? Uh, lingering. You said lingering. lingering. Somebody actually said lingering. Nice. 
Um, we we're had. Just, we're just saying. How about turf toe? Now. I feel like turf toe is a good one. That's a good that, one. That is actually a good one. <laughs> yeah. Tendonitis. Five answers for tendonitis. Sure. Blisters. I can Ooh, kind of see that as you know an what? annoying one. Yes. Because it, it's another one that like it holds you back from actually performing, and it's the stupidest thing in the world. Um, like a hangnail. IT band. Yeah. Annoying. Yeah. Uh, stress fractures. Annoying or not? I feel like they are. Well, they're very annoying because sometimes you it takes forever to be mm. able to actually diagnose them. How about um, concussions? Well, they can be. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we did have somebody say Charlie Horse. Must have been hit by a pitch or something. Yeah. And then... Dead like... We had two, two athletes who were very, very uh, real and sincere... And just to the point, one of them said <laughs> the next injury, the next one, yeah. that's the most annoying one. Whatever sure. happens next. Good answer. And then the other person said mine. Whatever my injury is, is the worst. <laughs> and I feel like that's how they all, you know, what? whatever you have at that moment is the sky is falling. It's worst case scenario. I don't think you understand how annoying it is to have this quad be so sore all the time. Yeah. I don't think you understand. But, but I have a high pain tolerance. I have a really high pain tolerance. But. I, so normally I have a really high pain tolerance. <laughs> I have a really high pain but tolerance, this is but this is killing me. Really bad. Is it killing you? I, God, will, I will kill you. You know, let's, um, let's, let's start. We should start some sort of jar. When an athlete mentions pain tolerance... <laughs> let's just a nickel every time in there and we'll just have a party with all the money how about could we can we play we some figure, sort of game okay could we figure out how how to get all of our listeners to like mark a tally maybe on a whiteboard or whatever of how many times somebody says i have a high pain tolerance but when we all know they don't have you mm. ever? Here's a better question. Have you ever? And at least I don't. I have a low pain tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually, yes. You know what? Mark down a tally for every time that somebody does that, and I promise you, it'll be zero. Ah, uh, maybe one. I We're got, gonna find one. I got a. I'm a. Well, you know, I did have a athlete come to me and say, "I'm. I'm. I know I'm a baby about a lot of this stuff." <laughs> and that's but, exactly what I was thinking. Uh, yep. That would be I've better. Had, I've had. A, I've had a couple athletes and a couple patients that have been like, you know. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit of a baby when it when it comes down to somebody, you know, hitting a trigger point or something. So yeah. somebody out there, come up with a way for us to do some sort of community high pain tolerance chart slash, um, you know, tally whatever. So we just know. I what, think if I think if we charge how common it is. If we charged athletes a quarter every time they said that. <laughs> Well, then, then we might get we to our afford, feature topic. We could afford a lot more hats. <laughs> more hats for bats. More hats for bats. Well, do you want to get on to our... Um, we, oh, have, we, we still have FMK. We have to do an FMK yet. Holy so cow. We want to do modes of transportation as an athletic trainer. You kind of highlighted on this a little bit. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Well, you just... Yeah, and you just said that when you got on the bus in the middle of your day, if you had a break... You liked it sometimes. So that's interesting to me. Yeah. So as an athletic trainer, do you like to travel by plane, 
by bus, or would you rather just drive yourself to wherever you're having to go? Oh man. Do you want for, for, I mean, first of all, how many quotes are going through Dave Yeager's head right now of planes, trains, and automobiles? Um, and apparently Hannah Chun, right? Yeah, Hannah Chun. Remember that? Like, uh, so apparently Hannah Chun is a like her superpower is remembering movie quote, quotes. Is a movie quotes. So one day we're gonna have a movie quote battle, a, a quote off between my. I mean my victory champion of Dave Yeager. And I think maybe the, the people's champion of Canada athletic training and Hannah Chun. Yeah. I don't know. We're going to try and we're gonna figure that, that one out. Point. We're going to have to, cause maybe, if any, if anybody remotely, can do it, we'll do a zoom call with Hannah and Dave and see who, oof. who can come up with more quotes. It's going to be pretty fun. I mean, everybody's had to drink at we least five times we, because I've said Dave Yeager at least 17 times. Yeah. We haven't done a YouTube video in so long. We got we got to do that. Maybe that's what we come back with or what something. What is what's YouTube? Um, All right, anyways. Okay, planes, trains and automobiles. You want to go first or second on this? Uh, you know what? I want you to go <laughs> This is like this is like 8 mile. You want to rap battle? You want to go first or second? Do, 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 do. You go first. I'll go first. Yep. Okay. This is actually an easy one for me tonight. Yeah, okay. I'm going to kill the plane. I don't, not that, and I don't even dislike flying, but yeah. I'm going to kill it just on the premise of if I'm flying somewhere, means I still got to get on a bus afterwards. So now you're just doubling up. <laughs> if I fl- if I have to, f- if we're flying to another city, I'm still going to have to get you're on a bus. So a it's like, bad. that's not a bad point. No, I get it. If you want to go, we, we, as um, as things have tightened financially in college athletics, I know a lot of schools that have started taking longer bus trips. Yeah, I know we've talked about this. What's the longest bus trip you've been on? Mm, when you were between in, nine and ten, like it was, in, it was in nine. minor league yeah. baseball. Yeah, the my very first, it my very less, first year. Yeah, sorry, keep going. My very first year working college baseball. Yeah. My Ooh. first two weeks, we flew. Yep. And then the third week, we took a bus. Yep. I remember going down to Louisiana. Mm-hmm. 16 hours. Yeah. With a, you know, we had a 16 hours on a bus. Mm. That was my first college ex- bus road trip experience. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God. Since then, everything else has seemed Super. Thirteen years later, that's still the longest one I ever had to take. So the the rest of them, the eights and nines, seem like layups. Yep. Um. Anyways, so yeah, just get the get the worst case scenario over early in your career. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill the plane okay. only because you're still gonna have to get on a bus. All right. I understand it will save you from some of those twelve or longer hour bus trips. But like you said, if if you're a person that can sleep in a bus or in an automobile or whatever, um, you're just going to be probably more comfortable on the bus anyways and get a little bit more downtime. Yeah. So between driving the or getting on a bus and driving yourself, um, I'm definitely going to marry the bus. Okay. Um, 
I don't mind occasionally driving myself to something. Yeah. Like maybe I've got, maybe I've, I've got to cover one sport and then I have to drive to somewhere to meet up with a team that I was supposed to cover. And I just, I could get both done this way. Mm -hmm. I don't want to make a habit of that. Yep. Sometimes it's nice to just not go on the bus and like maybe, um, if, if I go somewhere and then I can like just drive home right away and I don't get stuck on the bus. If the team's stopping, I can just get home quicker. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't mind doing that every now and then. Yeah. Which is why I will F it. Um, but for the most part, I don't want to have to drive everywhere that the team goes on my own. Cause I feel mm. like, yeah, there are a lot of times where I agree with you being on the bus, throwing the headphones on recharging mentally, stepping away or stepping outside and thinking about like, sometimes we get so caught up in the day to day that we forget to st- take a step back and think about what's going on with the team. And so sometimes when I get on the bus and I can just see the big picture and I can kind of plan thing, plan out what I want to do or changes I want to make and rehab with someone, mm-hmm. I, that's how I use my some of my bus time. Yeah. So I, I'm going to marry the bus for sure. I like I don't mind the bus at all. Hmm. So that's what hmm. I got. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So, th- I mean, I think, and I'm sure everybody listening – it's probably saying, well, it depends. I mean, if if it's between driving on a bus for 16 hours or flying for two and a half and being on a bus for an hour or driving in a car by myself for 16 hours, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to think in generalities here. I'm going to marry flight. I'm going to marry flight. Wow. Yeah, because no matter what, I think you're just getting wherever you're going faster. And even if, even if I save an hour from being on a bus by being on a plane and then taking a also a 30-minute bus ride after I'm on that plane, I'm okay with that. All right. Um. I'm going to kill the bus because yeah, I don't I don't know if I'm ever going to take a bus more than an hour and a half ever again in my life. I I I really don't not <laughs> not unless I have to. Like if I have to take a bus, I mean we're in Milwaukee, if I have to take a bus down to O'Hare in order to get on a flight to go somewhere, like Okay, that's fine. But I, I don't know if I will ever again in my life voluntarily take a bus for more than a couple hours. So that leaves me effing driving. And I think, one, I thoroughly enjoy long road trips like me driving by myself. Um, but I don't, like in a... In an athletic training standpoint, um, I don't like being away from the team and not like often. Like I, I feel this weird, you know, this sense of responsibility of like, 
oh my god, like what if something happened? Well, like I, I really should be there now. What, what happens if there is an injury on the bus? Do oh you feel god. like uh, uh, I? Because it happens occasionally, totally. not often, but you know what I think. Man, you're an idiot to get hurt on a bus. Well, yeah. yeah no yeah. offense. No, totally. If you get hurt on a bus, you probably deserved it. No, it's it. It's more the like somebody's <laughs> getting sick or like yeah, you know somebody you know I I have a really bad headache like or whatever like and you you have your little bus kit. Um, Do you have a bus kit? Oh, I had yeah I had I had you like took... a kit yep oh yeah, it was a little advanced. full yeah I mean. Just ibuprofen I learned, and I, eye I learned drops. from the best, you know. It was basically eye drops, ibuprofen, and some band aids. Cool question. Do you have a Do you have a bus kit? Cough drops, maybe, and some cough drops. No, Band-Aids? I had I had a I had a, like a full foldable, like, bus kit. Jesus. Stocked exactly exactly how Dave Yeager drink would have liked it. Um, I think. Oh man, like I really enjoy some time apart from the team. But then so every once in a while like so we would have a road trip where it was like say four hours, right? Every once in a while some of our coaches would just drive mm-hmm. because it just you know, whether it was surrounded by an off day or whether it was surrounded by they were they were able to maybe go home like yep. we were, we were, we were driving really close to their home and then yeah. so um, they would bring their car so that they could actually sleep in their own bed. So do you do you change your seat on the on the bus when the coaches are not there? Do you do you all slide up one? Um, because we was, always did. Like if our head coach yeah. or like, I mean, so it was just uh, weird to me. I felt awkward. So anytime. Did Anytime you have, we you have, could. Let me ask. Sorry, I yeah. didn't mean. I, I mean, I no, know I cut fine. you off like I always do. But do you have the same spot on the bus all the time? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. It's going Absolutely. in there. Absolutely. Yeah. And I if did somebody too. was sitting in my seat, I would just literally stand there and be like, <laughs> "What are you doing?" Like if we had a if we had a new guy and is like sitting in my like seriously, bud, come on. Um, new guy. <laughs> I would say. If the only time that that would happen is like if our manager wasn't on the bus, yeah, because then I would usually me or my actually my strength and conditioning specialist would sit like front like captain because I don't know like it just it worked out that way. Um, I would actually when that would happen, like some of our like so I was in double A. So every once in a while we would we'd have that like thirty year old like double A guy that was just trying to make it back to the big leagues or like had been in the minor leagues forever. I'd be like, dude, come on, like just sit up here. Like it's fine. Like it, I promise you it's fine. It's like, fine. It that it, it doesn't matter. You have been through it all. It's okay. <laughs> um so don't double up. And then it would be really funny because we would every once in a while we'd have that like prima donna player that like he just uh, every other trip he would be doubling up because he was the young guy and then in that trip like he would refuse to like let the older guy just because maybe he didn't just he didn't have as much status in the team um 
he wouldn't let him have his own seat. And then that that was my first year. My second year, we had enough veteran guys on the team that they would all look at him and be like, "Nah, sorry, bud. I know you got a sorry five. I, I know you got a five million dollars signing bonus, but nobody cares on this bus." Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. So I don't. Even, what? Where was I? Right. I'm marrying planes. I am killing. I'm killing the bus, and I'm I'm probably effing driving myself because mm. so when my coaches would drive themselves every once in a while. If we had like a short trip, we actually had the option. Like my manager was very okay if it was, if it was like an an hour and a half or less, which was two different places that we went to. Um, he didn't care if we drove ourselves, hmm. and so like so my significant other comes and visits. We like she drove all the way down to visit me. Like he had no problem with me and me and her like driving ourselves, but. I always felt weird about it. And then like when the coaches were driving themselves, say to somewhere that was like four hours away, I would always be like, Oh man, like would it'd be really nice to just have like that, that ease of like, you're not waiting on anybody else. You didn't have to worry about the stop. You didn't have to worry about like the bus, not driving at 97,000 miles an hour to just to get home at an earlier time. Um, but then every once in a while I would sit back and be like, ah, but at least I'm not driving. Yep. Right. And at least I can just chill out here. So that's why I would, I'd F it. Right. Because I think every once in a while it'd be really nice all the time. Definitely not. But if I could get rid of it, I'd rather not have another long bus ride ever in my life. That's fair. That's fair. And for me, it was less about the length hmm. and it was when. That's what she the said. The time it is. Yeah. That's what she said. That's very true. Morning. Always morning's better. Um, morning trips. Morning trips. Um, seriously, like it was when we had, when we'd have like a, a nine hour bus ride and it was, we, we could leave at 10 o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock in the morning and get somewhere at whatever versus like we're leaving a ballpark at, 11 o'clock at night midnight and it's a seven hour bus ride like that sucked because you're not gonna sleep yeah like maybe you get a couple winks but you're not like and then you get home you're like all right i don't know should i power through should i go to bed (laughs) it is it is a little weird though when leaving at 10 in the morning and being on a bus all day it is weird it's weird sometimes It, it is because you don't necessarily want to sleep yeah right you don't necessarily um want to like not do anything um i think i just got so used to being on the bus late at night that when i'm not when it's like a day like a morning thing it just seems out of place to me a little bit it is very and so it didn't happen often that we would like have a morning to like afternoon bus ride like but I still would rather not be on a bus and then get home eight, nine hours later being like, I don't even know where I am. Like, what day is it? What What's going on? Like, holy crap. Like, I got to go to work in the next six hours I, or maybe, maybe less. Yeah, I, don't know. I hear you. I oh, hear you. You've been there. A lot of us have been there. 
Okay, well, with that, let's move on and let's do our feature topic. Okay, dokie. Chad? Yes. What's the topic? When do you want to retire? Today. <laughs> as I mean, wait, this is kinda, that? Oh, that was the topic. This is the topic. Oh, okay. We're, as an athletic trainer, what's the, I, what's the appropriate age to retire, or what? What's your appropriate age? Appropriate. I feel like this is a. I just feel like this is a young person's profession. I feel it. I mean, I I would agree with you. And it's not necessarily geared towards families and. Uh, it's it's just more challenging to have a family and to continue to do this. Mm-hmm. And we talk about the burnout on other shows mm-hmm. and how many people, the turnover. So let's just talk about you, know, both of us being people who have been in this profession for more than a decade. True. What's what's the uh, what's the end goal here? Mm. What's the we 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 did bucket lists a couple of weeks ago. Uh, part of your bucket list should be. You know, retiring, retiring at some yeah. point, and when when do we want to make that happen? Interesting. Hmm. It's a very very open ended topic tonight. <laughs> you know, I um, God, I think if you would ask me this eight years ago, I would have had a really precise answer for you, and it would have been ten years of being in a position in a major league baseball team, but now. Honestly, um, I want to continue being an athletic trainer for as long as I can, but I want to evolve my role as an athletic trainer, honestly, as much as I can, um, or I should say like as many times as I can um, throughout, I guess, the next I don't know. I'll I'll give it like thirty years. I mean, I I don't. I definitely do. I'm not a. So at one point in my life, I really, really thought I was a. You know what? I'm gonna work until the day I die, and that's just the way it's gonna be. I don't know. I don't know what it's gonna be, but I'm gonna always gonna. I'm always gonna work. I've definitely switched my role on that a little bit. In that I really think that I am not, I'm, I'm definitely keen on the idea of not working. And so if I can at least impart my wisdom of athletic training throughout the next, we'll call it 25 years. Because you just hit 36 35 yeah so you're looking at a nice round honestly like by the by my mid 50s i i really want to be at a point where one i'm not like treating people all day every day and then i'm also definitely not covering sports like no offense to anybody that's in their mid 50s doing it like good for you i love it i mean i worked with many athletic trainers that were um close to retirement and they were doing it and they were kicking ass um i that's just not what i want to do i i've definitely changed my thought pattern um 
And a lot of that had to do with, like, honestly going into business for myself. It, it gave me the freedom of, like, having my own schedule and what that means. And it gave me the freedom of, you know what, how much I work directly affects how much money I make. And it's a really interesting balance of like when somebody else isn't telling me how much I need to work in order how much how much I need to make I I want to work enough to be comfortable and that's about it like I would love to be absolutely rich out of my mind and this and that like but there is a real give and take I think to not work-life balance, but just life balance um, because there's a point where I think you just become obsessed with making more and more and more and more and more and more and you lose out on family, friends, time, experiences. And I went from, I, I left a career that was like, the only reason I missed out on all that stuff was because I was working all the time, not because I was making a lot of money. And so now that I'm like in this world of how much I work means how much money I make. I don't want to work so much that I make so much money and I lose out on all that stuff again so that I, I kind of want to have that balance. Right. And so therefore the rest of my life, like, I want to figure out how to supplement that income in other ways. Whether that's doing a podcast that everybody's wants to listen to and maybe we can make some more money off of that. Or maybe that's figuring out how to do something else. Create a product, create a platform, create a athletic training world mentorship. I don't know, whatever it is. But I'll tell you what. I'm not going to do it until the day I die. And I definitely am not going to be at the grind, quote-unquote. That's like the eighth time I said quote-unquote today, I think. <laughs> um, when I'm like 60, I, I, just, I don't, I don't want to do it. I, I really don't want to do it. So I'm going to figure something else out. What do you think? Oh, gosh, I don't know. This huh. I was thinking about it all week I just started back up it's August I think a lot of athletic trainers are going back to to work um and it just I'm like I again I we talked about we talk about it you know every once in a while on this show I don't remember when but we brought it up my mom has asked me all the time how long are you gonna do this and I'm like I don't know this is what I do this is this is who I am this is Mm -hmm. what makes me happy and I'm expecting my first child in mm-hmm. s- six weeks, seven weeks. Yup. So my priorities, it'll be interesting to see what happens. That's true. And I don't know. And I don't have any desire to leave athletic training in the, in the near future. But at some point, yeah. And I just hit 43. Mm-hmm. Young so, chicken. Young 43. So it's like, what's a, I was thinking about, what's a reasonable number? How long to do this for? You know, 
one, will your body hold up? Sure. Physically. Two, is it still enjoyable? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously there's still like, is this, uh, as much as we talk about, as much as I talk about FI train being the most rewarding thing I've ever done, and it's not necessarily lucrative, um, it needs to be at least a little lucrative that you can support a family. Very true. Um, so th- there's a lot of things to balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if I had to, to guess... Um, oh, and I agree with you. I think anybody that says they really enjoy working is full of crap. <laughs> if you have the option between working or not working, you're going to take not working and, and doing something that you enjoy mm-hmm. at home with friends, with family, with loved ones, whatever. So, uh, you yes, finding work that you love is important and it's great but let's not kid ourselves the reason you work is so that you can reti- you know you can build up and then all of a sudden you retire and you can do those things you love for the rest of your life and not have to worry about it yep so i i guess i don't i don't think i answered um i can see myself doing this until my mid 50s Another 12 yeah. years, you know, mm-hmm. 55 would be ideal. Now, if you and I, you and I have talked about this off, um, air. off air, <laughs> not into the microphones, we would love to grow this podcast to the point where this became our full-time thing. Absolutely. That that would be the goal mm-hmm. and still be involved in athletic training and advocating and stuff like that. As we mentioned at the, at the top of the show tonight, as we try to advocate more, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if something like that, like you said, you just said it a couple minutes ago, if if we could turn this into a, a profitable full time thing, that would be awesome. I think I would still want to do some day to day athletic training, though, um, for a while yet. I still really enjoy doing doing the day-to-day stuff i don't know why i i'm comfortable with it i like the routine of it i love the uncertainty wow that was not even uncertainty i love the that's the the number one thing i appreciate about our profession it's not routine it is go in not knowing what to expect and just figure it out as it comes that's for sure my favorite thing about this profession it could be an ankle. It could be an elbow. It could be no injuries. It could be all paperwork. It could be nothing but wound care. Every day is unique and special, and it's a challenge, and I love that it's not monotonous. So to me, I now that I'm, I'm going back, and we've had this long layover because of the pandemic, I'm, I actually find myself a little invigorated and refreshed and like wanting to go, but at the same point going, Man, it's it's weird going back to work because I've enjoyed you know yeah. spending time at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's retire retiring is it's starting to creep into my head because I'm getting into my mid forties. It's it's really yeah. interesting. It's I mean a, it's a tough thing that to say. How 30, long is thirty years ago? You'd been twelve years away from really retiring. I know. 
I mean, the, the average age of retiring was 55. It's almost like you don't. You, you always hear about the athletes that hang on too long. Sure. You, well, do, can you do that as an athletic trainer? I don't know. Yeah. You know what I find interesting is, um, so let's say you're an athletic trainer, and I, I there's no doubt about it. I nobody can convince me otherwise that athletic training is not a physically demanding profession. Well, we've we've right? had athletic trainers that have had to retire because. Yeah. knees and mm-hmm. knuckles and finger thumb joints yeah i mean and just i mean travel right i mean travel just the the length of the day i mean it's just it's just not feasible for everyone for their entire working life now what i find i i is be a really good conversation for some of our administrators out there and some of our um, faculty that have been involved in educating. But, you know, I think the classic idea of any kind of profession is you intern slash apprentice, and then you work and you work and you work and you build experience until the point where you then teach the apprentice again, right? And I don't know how much of that happens in athletic training anymore. I don't know how many how many athletic trainers are stepping away from the field at, you know, we'll call it 52 to 57 years old and then, steep, and then stepping into a, an educating role because now educators have to be PhDs from day one. Like we don't, we are, I mean, you you better have your master's degree in order to teach anybody. And I, I don't know, like if I'm, if I'm an undergrad athletic training student 12 years from now, I want Chad Henneberry teaching me like not, not anything against anybody that goes into educating and goes straight for that master's and straight for that PhD. And they, they do both for a really long time. And now they're, but now they're, mainly just the educators but i think we're missing out on this opportunity for some really great athletic trainers to be able to not burn out and just end up having to either change professions or be a 62 year old athletic trainer covering you know a high school when they could be educating and allowing that young very vibrant athletic trainer who wants to take care of every single athlete in that 1500 person high school, like, and let them handle that under the tutelage of the older athletic trainer. It's an interesting point that you bring up. Um, like, I don't, yeah. So I don't like retiring as an athletic trainer. Like what is the retirement? Is it, is it stopping working or is it stopping the, like, being in the field right well you just said like somebody like myself or like yourself who doesn't have a phd we can't teach what do you mean is there a better is <laughs> yeah. there a better teacher than experience yeah i mean and that's and that's going to be forever debated i think now because we've we've created a a system that is geared towards Broken. <laughs> yeah i mean i it 
you you can go back thousands of years and I mean it's just experience is what taught people and it's not how quickly you learn that experience, right? So let me ask you this. You I think you hinted in it a little bit and I was thinking about it at the exact same time. Mm. Do you feel like age as an athletic trainer, can you outgrow your athletes and being able to relate to them and deal with them kind of like Mm. a manager can outgrow his tenure Mm. with a team and the, the same message gets lost. Or if you've been like, do you find yourself? That's a good question. Like as I get older, am I going to be able to connect with my athletes as well? So there's the physical side of the job, but there's also the emotional and the, there is a little bit of, you have to connect to the athlete. Can you outgrow that? Or does that force a, is that like a, a thing you have to think about? I think it, it, it might play a factor. I, I don't, I don't think it plays a factor for everybody. No, I think, I think there's, I, I mean, personalities are personalities, right? That's I mean, true. some people, people just, skills. some people just have that personality that no matter, no matter how old or young or who or what or whatever, like people just gravitate towards them. Um, I will say it, 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 is a very interesting point and question though, because my early career, I was younger than a lot of my athletes. And then, and then I was like the same age. And then I was all of a sudden, and then I went to the minor leagues and I was a decent amount older. And every once in a while, I found myself communicating with my much younger athlete. I mean, so I was say I was 33 and my athlete was 21. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I found myself communicating to that athlete on occasion, like they were 27 and I was 27. And every once in a while I had this, like this weird like moment of like, Oh, that's right. You're like, you just were legally made to, you could drink mm-hmm. like, so well, how, I, how could you, how could you know X, Y, or Z? Like you, you don't. And I was 21 and I thought I knew it too, but I, you don't. And so I shouldn't communicate with you that way. And now make that a 49 year old and a 16 year old well, in a high that's school what I've setting just i've hit like, the age where now i'm older than some of my athletes parents yeah you are not you many but just not some many. of them yeah some of them i mean and i think oof man yeah like when what's that like when, when you stop becoming younger than your athletes parents mm-hmm. and you're the same age that's different well that's just a, it's just one of those factors it's like how long do you want to do that where you feel like you're like I don't want to be the creepy old guy in the bar, you know? Yeah. 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 (laughs) And I think there is a sense of, so we all have to, if we want to be good at our jobs and I, I promise you, if you're not connecting with your athletes, you're not good at your job. Um, connect with your athletes. Amen. That is how you excel at this job. The number one skill you can have. Maybe it doesn't make you any more money, but I promise you, you will impact more people's lives. Um, I don't know. I, I've had this, this, I think we've even talked about on the podcast. Like now when I do have this high school athlete 
and I'm trying to connect with them and I, you know, I don't get to see my patients every day, but I've had these really aha, like I'm old moments Mm -hmm. and it makes it weird a little bit like, holy crap. Like, I don't know what this kid is talking about and what music artists they're talking about. Like who, what, who, who are you talking about? Um, it's real. it's kind of difficult, but I think at the same time, whether it's a 15, 16, 17 year old, or it's a 35, 40 year old, 50 year old as your patient or athlete, um, communicating with them about how their body moves and how they can improve that and how they can avoid injury, how they can get back to injury and why that's so important for, um, getting back with their team or even succeeding in whatever sport that they're in. That's a common language that we can all hold on to. And I think whether or not that's a 49 year old talking to a 16 year old, or it's a 24 year old talking to a 40 year old, um, I mean, that is a sweet spot that we live in as athletic trainers that we can just help people. And so I think it's a factor. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I really think it would be very difficult to be 60, year, 60 years old and you're a high school athletic trainer. And if you're doing that, kudos to you. Um, love it. I had a a much older athletic trainer when I was in high school and everybody loved him. Um, but at the same time, we all knew that like he was close to retiring and he was, he was almost doing it as like a favor to the school because his daughter was at the school. Mm. Um, but we, I, I mean, but he was great. Everybody loved him. Everybody went to him and I think he became a part of the community. And even that is a factor as you get older. Um, I don't know. It's a very interesting question. But I think going back to the original one, I mean, when do you want to retire? And the joking answer is yes, tomorrow. I mean, I promise you if I win the lottery, I'm not working another day in my life. But I I think I see myself retiring from aspects of my life throughout the rest of my life. And I don't, I don't see myself all of a sudden one day having that classic, like, this is the last day that I work for the rest of my life. Um, because you know what? I, I totally see 20 years from now, I, I hopefully I own a couple properties and I'm not retired yet. I, I still got to go take care of my property. Yeah. Right. I mean, like I, I hopefully I still. Oh no, I still have to make sure that, you know, podcast three, four or five are, you know, posted at the right time. You know, I mean, it's, I think I, I always want to have some sort of work going on, but athletic training and that, that actual like hands on bodies and taking care of teams. Nah, I mean, I'm not doing that forever. I promise you that be really interesting to see what the people say here yeah absolutely we would love to i want to hear what you guys what's your target date 
what's your target age of stepping away and getting off the sidelines and doing something different? So let us know. We'll have something on social media. Um, otherwise, again, let's just wrap this show up here. Uh, again, th- special thanks to everybody that took the time and nominated us for the podcast awards, the People's Choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're super appreciative of that uh, and look forward to it. Again, congratulations to Kathy on becoming the, the next NATA president. Mm-hmm. So head over, you know, I mean, all of our social media platforms at candid underscore ATC. Um, you can check out, you know, obviously the podcast and everything that we talk about and the fun that we have. But at the same time, head over to podcastawards.com and voting has begun. Um, so you can start actually not just nominating us, but you can start voting for us as the winners of the science and medicine category. Um, so also at candidate underscore ATC, you're going to see a picture of a hat. It's a pretty cool hat. Um, let us know. You have to direct message us. You got to direct message us if you want a hat. Um, we have a very limited quantity right now. We're going to order more, I swear. But the first few that actually get sent out to people, you got to direct message us. Um, CandidAthleticTraining.com is the website. You can check out all the other podcasts. You can check out our other apparel. You can check out, uh, I don't know, our forum. Let us know your topics that you want us to talk about. Let us know your FMKs. Let us know if you're interested in any certain fats, fictional athletic trainer. And from there, you know, I don't know. I guess we'll check you next week. Take care, everybody. Bye.